0: Welcome to the Healthcare Chats Podcast, where your hosts Al Gresh and Mike Zimmer will bring you insights to take your HTM and HFM from the basement to the boardroom. Healthcare Chats Podcast starts now.
1: Hi everybody, this is Mike Zimmer and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Chats Podcast. We're joined today by Michael Gorel, he's a, uh, a phenomenal resource, fashion icon, Tell us about what, what it is that you do here at Accruent, and, and we'll take it from there.
2: So at Accruent, uh, I've earned the title of Chief Comfy Sweater Officer, thanks to uh, Mr. Zimmer, who, who named me that. Uh, so I'll do the, the, yeah. the that, that intro for you now. <laughs> in, in reality, I'm uh, the Director of Big Data Strategy at Accruent, and my role is to take all this data that flows through our CMMS platforms and use it to build tools that can help our organizations, our customers make better decisions.
1: Now, so you, you'd take a look at the data of, of, of all the industries that Accruant serves, but you've got a particular primary focus on healthcare. Is that correct? Correct,
2: yeah. Our, our focus uh, right now has really been around healthcare. We have a lot of, you know, we've got over 55% of the hospitals across the US. So we have a lot of really good data in the CMMS platform. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a really good industry. It's an industry uh, that it likes data, is very analytical, and can use the insights that we're gleaning from the
1: biomedical devices that we're, that we're analyzing. Okay, so we'll get to the insights in, in just a second, but let's now talk about what is the data that you're pulling out of a, a CMMS solution?
2: The data that we're pulling is from you know, work orders and assets. Mm-hmm. So we know how often equipment breaks, why it broke, what was done to repair it, how many hours it took to repair it, what materials were used, that
1: sort of information we can pull out of the CMS platform. Okay, now how is that different from, say, another source of that kind of data, like AHA?
2: Yeah, sure, so there's there's other sources of information to provide like insights about, mm-hmm. um, about uh, devices, however, uh, we're really the only ones that have that empirical reliability data mm-hmm. that we can use to deliver this this information. Um, there's other sources out there that do provide some reviews but okay. it's, it's all qualitative and not quantitative.
0: Got it. And it's based on survey data, is that it, right? Survey data, yeah. We, we've spoken to several supply chain executives familiar with the cert, uh, sources that they use because I, I use them myself over the years. Mm-hmm. The feedback we got from them is they don't put a lot of stock in it but they don't have anything better uh, at at, well until you know we came up with this solution it's it's because it's based on survey data from their customers versus uh... real empirical work order data and so you said that there's a
1: lot of data Mm -hmm. but you did not say there's a lot of good data and so if I know anything about the way that healthcare organizations interact with the CMMS it's that everybody does things a little bit differently. Sure. So for the folks listening that aren't super familiar with the, the methodologies that you guys employ to structure this data take us through what you and your team have, have done and, and from what I understand it it's absorbed the majority of the time that you've worked with the data how do you get it to a point where you can start deriving insight from it? Sure, so we do have a lot of really good data I'll I'll quantify that. However, (laughs) what we
2: didn't necessarily have is a lot of clean data. So because we have such a large customer base and because hospitals inherently don't necessarily enter their data consistently Mm -hmm. into the CMMS platform, we've had to apply some algorithms to help try to clean that data in, at, at scale. You know, we could sit there and try to manually clean all this data through spreadsheets, which is the the, the way that it's done today. However, we built some algorithms based upon some machine learning, uh, as well as some natural language processing. We've used some neural networks to help uh, us clean data. But I would be lying if I said that everything was automated. So we still have a manual process associated with a a significant portion of our data. But what we've done is we've built tools to make it easier to clean data even
1: manually as well. Okay, so that's when the machine assigns a confidence score to to what it's attempting to categorize and it goes to you saying, hey, how does this look? Correct,
2: yes. So the algorithms that we've built today, the automated algorithms, machine learning, Mm -hmm. can tie back to a source of truth. Right. And so we've created a we're using the FDA's good ID database as our source of truth today. And the algorithm delivers back its confidence in whether it actually uh, matched to that okay. source of truth. And so we're taking that information and the ones where we see less than 90% confidence, we apply a manual process to. But like I said, our manual process is still improved because we've created tools that really make
0: it fast to uh, apply that manual process. Mike, one of the examples that we used in our session yesterday, we were talking about data integrity and the impact of machine learning, was that of a a single device, a GE AMX4 portable x-ray machine, which was represented in over 2500 different ways if you factor in all the variables of how the manufacturer name was entered in the different variations of the model the different variations of the device category so think about that one single device over 2500 different ways mm-hmm. to represent it hmm. crazy okay so you, you've taken us through how, how you've, you've cleaned this data
1: now let's get to the fun part what are some of the insights that you've been able to harvest Sure. Looking at this, this data set.
2: Yeah. So we've created what we're calling, or what we've been told, is sort of the Consumer Reports for Biomedical Devices. Ultimately, what that is, is we've been able to look at all the devices, and because we know when they fail, we can assign essentially a reliability index mm. to each and every Biomed device. So now when you're looking at devices in a category, you can compare those devices to one another based upon reliability index, for example, which takes into account things like how much labor uh, each device has, uh, how its failure rates, time mm-hmm. between failures, its survival, it's, it's probability of survival over time. So that's kind of the basic. We've also been able to aggregate and mine things like failure rates, we've created time between failure numbers, We've built an algorithm that looks at the probability of survival. So right now, for example, on on infusion pumps, AHA says that an infusion pump should last 10 years. Well, if your organization that is taking that into account when you're deciding how you're gonna depreciate equipment or plan for future capital, Mm -hmm. you may or may not have the money when it's time to, to replace that device, right? We've got some devices that you know your your useful life is about six and a half years. Other devices, your useful life is thirteen years. So in one case, you might be leaving a lot of money on the table, better spent somewhere else. In other cases, you're gonna end up uh, scrounging, scrounging for money at the last minute and not being able to properly plan your capital. So. Uh, Those are just some of the metrics that we're we're building out.
0: You know, one of the interesting things that I've seen in looking at the analyses that you've been able to generate, Michael, is uh, if you were only looking at your own data and you're making decisions based on what you would see as an upward trend Mm -hmm. in in failure rates, what we've seen with a number of devices with with your data is you start seeing that, that trend upwards, but then at a certain point, it drops back down mm-hmm. again. A lot of people might make a decision, well I need to replace it here, versus alright well if I hang on to this thing it, it's gonna settle out again and, mm-hmm. and I could get a, a number of years past what, what sure. I would normally replace it at. Sure and if you can plan for that increase in incidents, either through staffing or
2: training and or then, then ensuring that you have the parts too, right. on hand too at that point in time, it makes your organization operate a lot more efficiently. And then, like you said, you don't pull the trigger on something prematurely just right. because you've seen an increase in, in failures of that device, right?
0: Yeah. Well, we're trying to, to uh, capture both the, the supply chain executive groups to, to help them make better capital equipment replacement decisions, but also the, the biomed folks who've been providing recommendations on, on equipment for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Those recommendations aren't always followed and so having this empirical data to say look if you pick this device The labor and the cost that it's going to require to maintain over its lifetime is 30% higher than what we had been spending You better give me some additional funding for my Mm -hmm. budget. It's getting past just the the price tag on the device
1: Right and all the ancillary and peripheral costs associated to it.
2: Yeah, it's interesting when we, because one of the other things we're looking at, like we mentioned, is parts replacement, parts Mm -hmm. replacement over time for each device, uh, as well as labor, as well as useful life. When you start to look at what your total cost of operation of equipment is, you know, at times you might see that less expensive piece of equipment that you could buy today Mm -hmm. is actually going to cost you potentially over a fleet millions more than if you had purchased the more expensive, slightly more expensive unit. So if you make that investment now, you're gonna significantly save over time. Mm. And that's one of the things that Data Insights can, can help organizations uh, understand as well. When we first launched, it was just kind of a basic dashboard. Right. And now we've added all kinds of insights around, um, around comparisons, benchmarking. Uh, vulnerabilities. Um, vulnerabilities, call, cybersecurity. Right. Yeah um where we where we want to go, where we 're looking to take this outside of there 's a whole realm of parts and materials that mm-hmm. we can that we can go to, so we 're working on our, on on cleaning up all our parts and materials information to be able to provide a lot more insight, um, being able to create predictive parts ordering so we could tell you when you might need parts in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, based upon past work order history. So you can make sure that you have those parts on hand just in time, but you're not sitting on a huge inventory of parts. We're looking at different ways that we can apply machine learning, AI, maybe even chat bots into helping organizations be more efficient in their repair. For example, you might have a, a, a device, you have a failure, you're having trouble diagnosing it It might not have been something that you've ever seen before, but chances are this failure has happened before. And so we can mine all our data and build tools to help you better diagnose that problem and fix it in a much faster fashion. So um, those are some things that we're looking at. We're really looking at at making this tool super valuable to not only clinical engineering, but also your capital planning folks, your finance folks, your risk Mm -hmm. folks, patient health and safety. Um, patient quality, so we think that just by being able to mine the CNMS data, we can influence behaviors across all those lines of business. We are working on some integrations with Atania. We've felt with us, uh, the Atania leadership team, and uh, customers, both the clinical as well as the procurement and planning side have found value in bringing not only just Data Insights and Attainia together, but also uh, Attainia and the rest of our CMMS platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a good tie in that whole capital planning, capital purchasing cycle where we can uh, we're, where we can really add some value. So just really excited to uh, engage with a, a new um, customer base as well, right? the equipment planners and, and purchasing folks as well um and then having them be
1: able to use our data to help guide their um, their capital plans awesome well mike thank you so much for the time no problem. um this was a it's always a, a pleasure great... talking to you <laughs> i appreciate that mike mm-hmm. and to everybody listening thanks again for for taking the time out of your day to to learn about the various topics that we cover uh, feel free to suggest new topics uh, give us your feedback that's it for us hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Stay tuned for more episodes from the Healthcare Chats Podcast. Submit your questions online and let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. Peace out.